Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ming. And we're moving along. Hey everyone, welcome back to Moving Along. This is our 11th episode, so for this week we have a special guest. Um, we met her freshman year and I was her roommate for two years thanks to that random freshman year Facebook group where we all tried to find her roommate beforehand and ever since we've been friends. Now she's a sexual health peer educator and works in a psychology research lab on campus and her name is Hannah Traka. Welcome Hannah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, my name is Hannah and I'm a psychology major, LGBT certificate and neuroscience minor and I'm super excited to be here. Yay! <laughs> well, before we start um, getting into today's topic, let's talk a little bit about how our weeks have been and do our usual weekly recap. So I'll go first. <laughs> um, honestly, this week I haven't really done much. It, it was pretty uneventful, but I've been starting the job hunt because I'm worried that I didn't get into grad school. So mm-hmm. I always have to cover all my bases. Um, I've been applying to like both uh, post back programs and industry positions, so I'll kind of see which one I hear back from first. Wow, that sounds kind of stressful, but also, like, wh- which one would you prefer to work, you think? Um, honestly, I prefer a post back program, even though the pay is like ha- a third of <sighs> what industry pays. Academia. But, <laughs> yeah. But I think I would learn a lot more from a post back program. Mm. Like, I would learn different techniques of how to do research. Mm. It'll help you for grad school yeah. later if you still want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that the plan, like, after working, say, if, like, hopefully not, but if you don't get in, you would, like, reapply eventually? Yeah, I would still want to reapply. Mm-hmm. Never give up. It's yeah. a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ming? How was your week? Uh, my week has been kind of similar to yours, where I've just been on that LinkedIn grind looking for jobs. Um, something interesting that happened to me this week was actually that I was looking on Linda's conference website, Ikasu, which she's talked mm-hmm. about on and off. Um, on this podcast and I was trying to look for her workshops and so on the website I found a list of Asian American organizations actually and one of them is the China's Children International Organization which is this small um, adoptee run group that is um, just for uh, Chinese adoptees and it's all about connecting people over social media they have um, like Q&A's like video chat kind of things and like Mm -hmm. just provides a, a forum for other adoptees to talk to each other and so I thought it was really cool and so during class I was on my computer just looking at all their Facebook groups and um, something that I've never done before is like put out like an introduction post so I did that which felt kind of weird and yeah actually like um three people like commented and one of them her name was Ming too (gasps) and so we were talking about how we had similar last names and then Mm-hmm. Um, someone else from UMD commented, or she graduated, she's an alumna, and she was talking about how, like, wow, we were both um, at the same university, but we just didn't run into each other, mm-hmm. so I thought yeah. it was really cool, and the conversations they were having was really relevant to what I've been thinking on and off, like, throughout my life, I guess, like, um, about some were trying to look for their birth parents, some of them were talking about how they don't fit in with their family, others were talking about, like, oh, I want to change my, like, official name to my Chinese name. And it was just, like, mm-hmm. stuff that I've never heard talked about around me. So for once, it was actually being talked about, which was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. So after that initial post, I'm still, like, lurking 
I haven't really interacted any other way. Wait, but, I saw you change your name on Twitter. Is that because of what you guys are talking about? Um, so I've been thinking about it for a while. What have you changed it to? I changed it to Huang Ming, which is my like Chinese name. Mm-hmm. And That's so cool. yeah, I found out like maybe last last fall or mm-hmm. like so. yeah that um, what my Chinese name was. I was looking at more documents with my mom, and ever since then I've like held it in the back of my mind, but. It's still, like, this weird thing where, like, I don't feel like I know Chinese, so I didn't know if it was fair for me to talk about my name, but I guess, like, mm-hmm. it's my name. So yeah. then um, after someone's post on that, um, in that group, they were talking about how, like, oh, they're changing their legal name, but it's a long process, so the first step is just changing their name on, like, social media. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I'm ready to do that for, like, every other social media, but since I don't really go on Twitter a lot, <laughs> I was like, I'll start there. So now it's like Ming and then the Chinese characters yeah. Hong Ming and so yeah, that's just like a little, a little step. Oh. Uh, I can't believe you noticed. Well, yeah, I, mean, I was like, who is this? Oh. And then it was Ming. <laughs> Anyways, that's been my week. So how about you, Linda? Um so as Ming mentioned, I went to Ikasu. Um, East Coast Asian American Student Union Conference, and that was in Pittsburgh. Um, I presented a workshop about fandom Asian American community, and it was a lot of fun. It was very, like, terrifying, but also, like, (laughs) exhilarating at the same time to talk about such, like, an intimate topic with so many people, and it was in Pittsburgh, which is, like, the city of bridges. Apparently have, like, 50 bridges or something, and there there was really a lot, so... (laughs) I didn't know that either. Fun fact. All I know is they have Philly cheesesteaks there. That's Philadelphia! That's Philadelphia! They're gonna the Pittsburgh <laughs> listeners are gonna come after you. Anyway, so the oh, they're Steelers, huh? Okay. Steelers. Yeah, it's yeah. also like the birthplace of Mac Miller or something. Oh, but also Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. What? <laughs> Did you learn all this on your trip? Yeah. So the theme was like building bridges. So I thought that was oh, really cool. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was really yes. fun. I got to like meet a lot of people. It was like a huge conference. Also, I crashed a rental car in <gasps> over the Are we curb. surprised? Oh my. <laughs> I mean, really, just okay. fine. I just ran over the curb. Oh, I've so, seen that so many times. Yeah, yeah, I was like prohibited from driving. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd yeah. you get the? How'd you get the rental car? It was through the UMD, like through Sork. Oh, so they gave me money. It was. A, I did not. It was know like a really nice, that. like Ford. They'll oh, do anything yeah. for their scholars. <laughs> 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 but the actual act of giving a workshop workshop presentation, it was just you, right? So like. Yeah, it was just me. So if you see like the scary picture that our scary picture. our photographer took, it was like. It was like a lecture hall, like an ESJ, mm. and it was all like full of people. Mm. So that was pretty scary. Wow. Yeah. How if do you can you... do that, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was really fun. How do you mm-hmm. think your talk went? I mean, I feel like I like blacked out during my <laughs> talk because I have like no memories of what happened or like what I even said. But from what other people like told me, <laughs> they said it was good. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And someone, you told me someone even like wanted to like talk to you more after or get your socials or something like that. Yeah, I got a couple of really sweet like DMs from oh. participants who said that they were able to like make friends uh-huh. because I think that's what drew me to fandom the most, like the connections that people had. So to be able mm-hmm. to like foster some of these connections, like IRL has been like IRL. very <laughs> fulfilling. Yeah. Can you give a quick list of the other workshops you went to? Because I was looking at the website mm-hmm. and they had a lot. Yeah, there were so many. There was, like, ten different things for every, like, block. So for the first one, I went to, like, desire and fetishization in Asian American communities. Mm. And that was pretty interesting. I thought it was going to be, like, stuff I heard about before, like, how Asian women are, like, sexualized. Mm-hmm. But they really went to the history and, like, Orientalism and, like, Edward Said, stuff like oh, that. Oh, Edward, yeah, my man. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I really liked it. Um, we had a good discussion. I had to run out early to get to my workshop, so and I was also kind of sad to miss the second block because oh, I was presenting. presenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for the third one, I went to a program by Seeding Change, hmm. which is like an organization, and we talked about like intersectional activism. And I think the title was like, "We Are Who We've Been Waiting For," and it was kind of about like um, mobilizing hmm. and organizing in the community. I mean, that sounds so good. Honestly, it sounds. There was like... a lot of good ones. There was one about like raves. There was one of oh. yeah, yeah. Because remember that study that came out about like why are Asians so into mm-hmm. raves and stuff like that? Like there was an adoptee one mm-hmm. with the organization that Ming mentioned. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, so I... Ikasu would recommend. <laughs> I feel like Ikasu is what we wanted out of like the TASA yeah. conference, mm-hmm. like the diversity of topics, not just like. Oh, like I feel that left out. So cool. Yeah, like, I kind of wish I'd gone. Yeah, so our speaker was from Georgetown. So they were, I think their name is Lydia Brown, and they were like a, a disability activist. Mm. And the talk that they gave was so like, I don't know. I was like, I re- I still remember it. Wow. So mm-hmm. it was like very impactful. A good experience. Yes. And now you're ready for your next conference tomorrow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So Are I'm going to Austin. Talk? Yeah, I'm giving a talk. She's in high demand, people. (laughs) I'm hibernating after this. (laughs) What is the conference called? It's called um, On Stage, Off Stage. So it's the Comparative Literature Conference Mm -hmm. at UT Austin, Mm -hmm. Texas. Texas. (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. ready. Have you packed your bags? No, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's only one day, so I'm not really packing any bags. Oh, one day? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm in Austin for 12 hours. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the nice warmth. Mm -hmm. But also... Okay, so this is like the highlight of my week, kind of. So Sally texted me. Oh, yeah. About, like, I've been to that was the highlight of your week. That was the highlight of my week. Still. Well, Sally <laughs> got his BTS tickets. Whoa. Yes. yes. Wait, where? When? Where? FedEx Field, which is right next to our middle school. <laughs> like, Kemmore Middle School. Like, where did it all begin? Because I remember getting yeah. to your BTS when I was in Kemmore. This is where we met, too, Kemmore. Oh, yeah. So it's like literally three minutes down the road. When yeah. is it? May something. Oh, wow. Like Wait, that's pretty soon. Yeah. May. May. I know, but like, I feel like I. <laughs> that's only, like, if you think about it, that's only like three months yeah, away. But it's after, after graduation. graduation. Oh. So not soon. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because that would have been gra- graduation is soon. <laughs> that's so really cool. We're ready to scream. Or I'm Fan ready girl. to scream. Yeah. yeah. That's my first ever K pop concert. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to get, like, the light stick and, oh, like, yeah, the fan chants. I have, to, I have to study. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so you know what to scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How okay. Oh, it was okay. I'm in the same boat with, like, looking for post-bac positions, mm-hmm. trying to, like, understand life and the future. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, just been trying to be super productive in all the clubs and activities that I'm doing, so. Are you talking about post-bac, like, Sally's post-bac, like, or just a job after graduation? So, um... I was originally applying to this program called the ERTA program at NIH, mm. and basically, like, they pay you... Wait, I'm playing to that, too. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh. Yeah, so they, they pay yeah. you, like, a small stipend to work there for two years, and, like, you basically apply to a specific lab, so I've reached out to several labs, but um, haven't been having luck with hearing mm. back from people. So I heard I'm that also... they get taken up really fast. Yeah, so I mean, I started out applying in December, okay. um, but it's just, like... A lot of people are like, you're not a good fit. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, Or I just don't hear back from them. So I'm kind of like looking into more stuff that's like here at UMD and maybe Mm. getting like a paid position here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of options. Yeah. 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 And I'm starting to like 
you know, consider not doing a clinical PhD and maybe doing something with public health. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I started to think about broadening my, my yeah. interests. Yeah, that's yeah. always good to broaden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that that is, like, something that happens all the time that you hear about where, like, people are like, your degree never, like, ends up what you do and, mm-hmm. like, that's never what you end up mm-hmm. doing. And I always, like, didn't really... I don't know. I thought that was, like, anecdotal evidence, kind of. Yeah. But... That's what I'm doing right now, too, like, looking at jobs outside of my field. What um, are you looking at? Ming. So, <laughs> something that uh, Lynn and I were just talking about, where we were looking at the same job, actually. But we were approaching from different, like, perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So, if we could combine our brains and our resumes, we could share the position. <laughs> we are one. But it's a job with the um, Diversity, like, Institute at the Computer Science School. And so, here? They, yeah, here at UND. Oh. And so they're r- really working hard. Um, they got all this money from Brendan I. Reeb, and like they've been, like, of course, building buildings and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. something else that they're trying to do is to um, diversify yeah. the students they're reaching it's like out to. And outreach. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. to high school girls um, oh, for okay. computer science. And so the position that Lynn and I were looking at is called the outreach coordinator. And they're really just in charge of like fostering that relationship with high schools. Um, creating those programs and like bringing in um students who are underrepresented in in computer science and Mm -hmm. so we were talking about how i have experience working at at their department and with like technica and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but then linda has all the like the programming mica experience Mm -hmm. so it's like Mm -hmm. we will be perfect for the job together yeah (laughs) can they just hire both of us yeah it's interesting because like i think me and me are trying to get out of public health but hannah's trying to get into public health too Mm -hmm. so we'll see where the future takes us i guess yeah so earlier, Hannah mentioned that she's a sexual health care educator at the health center. Oh, peer leader now. Yes. It's peer leader. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about sex. So going for our story times, our experiences, talking about what our perceptions were. So and then also disclaimer, these experiences are from our own lives. So so what we say doesn't represent the general experience and also we're coming from a woman's perspective so everyone's sexuality and experiences are reflected through their gender and their personal life so we also want to acknowledge that and where we're talking about things like the uterus the penis so we're going to refer to those we're going to try to refer to those from the anatomical terms but from our relationships we're still going to talk about a like woman's perspective so what were our first impressions of sex? I know this can be kind of far reaching back, so you might not remember, but what was your first like memory or idea? Yeah, uh, I never had the sex talk with my mom, like ever. Mm. I think recently we've started talking more about it because I'm in a relationship and it's always been me kind of bringing it up a little bit, but she's always been hesitant to talk about it. Even like thinking of like our talks about periods has always been really awkward so like even talking about sex is really hard but we have been having those conversations more often especially since recently i um got a prescription for the birth control pill so i had to bring that up with her because i was like we have insurance so why can't i use it and then from there we talked more about it and she's met my like boyfriend so i think she understands that like we're in a healthy, respectful relationship, so she's more, like, willing to talk about it, but, yeah, I I don't remember ever having, like, childhood experience of talking about that. What was all. her reaction to you, like, bringing it up? So, it was in the car, and I intentionally... It's always in the car. <laughs> yeah, I intentionally timed it for the car so that I wouldn't have to look at her, she wouldn't have to look at me, <laughs> and we were driving around, and I just casually brought up, like, you know, 
the birth control pill is free when you use insurance. <laughs> and then she kind of did the... Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh-huh, and what do you mean by that? And then I just talked about how, like, Stefan and I had been talking about, like, maybe taking that next step, like, kind of implying <laughs> that we hadn't had sex, but, like, taking that next step, but uh, we wanted to make sure we were safe, so can I use insurance? Just letting you know. And then I also just straight up told her that I was planning to get it anyway, so... I would either be paying for it or using insurance. Mm-hmm. And then she had the whole awkward thing where, like, you know, sex should be with someone that respects you, that, like, the, that you see, like, a future. And I'm like, yes, yes, you've met Stefan, you like him, right? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of awkward, more, more awkward silence. And then at the end, just to, like, finish it off, I was like, so I can use the insurance card, right? <laughs> and then she's like, I suppose. And then from there, like, that's all we've talked about since. Mm-hmm. So... I know my mom, and she's a very logical person, so I went from a more, like, logical, financial mm-hmm. perspective, so I think that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, Good approach. Yeah. What about you guys? Sally? <laughs> You're, like, looking. Uh, well, I... The only conversations that I've had with my mom is just don't have sex, mm-hmm. honestly, and I know, like, like... I know my mom, and whatever I say, like, she's just, that's going to be her only response, so I haven't really tried to talk to her about it. Mm. So, yeah, that's did it she, for me. Did your parents ever, like, give you the talk or anything? The talk was, like, you Don't can't have, have sex. sex before yeah. marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's because of my religion, mm-hmm. so our church really strongly believes in that, and, like, I mean, my parents also really strongly believe in it. They're very conservative, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand, and I don't want to bring it up if it's just going to cause more, like, that's distress. True. Yeah, so you got to pick your battles yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you have the ability to, like, say, pay for birth control yourself or, like, you're, you have that space from them, then, like, mm-hmm. sometimes that's just better. Yeah. 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 I think my, like, experience is, like, in between, like, Ming and Sally's. Like, I think my parents were, like, kind of, like don't have sex, but they can't, they know that they can't really do anything mm. about it. And they know that their views are, like, tending towards, like, the conservative side. So, when I was, like, telling them about birth control, so I just did it without telling them, and I think it showed up on their, like, insurance thingy, mm-hmm. and I think I phrased it as, like, a regulating periods, or, like, mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. that experience better, which, like, that's true, it does do that, um, but yeah, I think my, my mom does have the, like, perception that you're not supposed to have sex until marriage, but I think yeah. I was, like, more forward, like, I wasn't picking my battles like Sally, I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm having sex, like, that, like, that's it, kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. because I feel, I feel like if it's not anything wrong you shouldn't be like ashamed Mm -hmm. not like ashamed of it Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't be afraid to like say it Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like my parents are probably the most liberal yeah we Um, love (laughs) it yeah so i definitely i definitely wasn't ever like yay let's talk about sex with my parents like no one wants to do that when they're Mm -hmm. little but Mm -hmm. like um when i was a kid they came from it like from a very like clinical perspective like they like bought a lot of science books and Mm -hmm. we would look at pictures of embryos like it was very much a, like this is just a part of life thing mm-hmm. um but I definitely think that they didn't consider sex outside of like a traditionally like man and a woman mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I definitely didn't get like a, a, the sexual health education that I personally needed because I identify as a queer person so I, I like um people of all genders and sex and everything oh my gosh sorry (laughs) um so I feel like I definitely had a different experience but um I do remember also having a 
car conversation with my mom. <laughs> um, the car. And at the time, like, I had come out to them already, and my mom actually asked me Ooh. how two women had sex. And I couldn't escape because I was in the oh, car. No. <laughs> but, you know, like... She did was, the car to you? Yeah, she did the car to me. <laughs> but it was actually kind of great that, like, you know, she was genuinely curious mm-hmm. and wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And I was in the place where, like, I was comfortable with saying, well, you know, it's pretty much the same, except there's not a penis, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, that was it, and it was kind of nice. Um, I also had a different experience with birth control. Like, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they took me to a gynecologist, or my mom took me to a gynecologist when I was, like, 13. Like, wow. I was super yeah. young. Um, and they just wanted me to feel comfortable there, like, to have a relationship with my doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, I started birth control super young, too, because I had extremely painful periods. And, mm-hmm. like, I would be, like, crying all the time in middle school from the pain. And they were, like, you know, let's just get you on birth yeah. control. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Um, so I actually went on it because I needed it for period mm-hmm. control. Um and now I'm still on it because I love not having my period. I take it continuously. Oh. Did you know you can take birth control continuously and it's not harmful to you at all? So um, if you don't want periods, oh, you ever, take the pill, okay? I take the pill and I just skip the placebo week. Oh. Okay. So I never have my period. It's amazing. Wow. Um, I still get like hormonal shifts and everything, mm-hmm. but like I don't have the bleeding part. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole new world. Yeah. yeah, I honestly definitely recommend it. I mean, obviously talk to your doctor, mm-hmm. but yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of getting like the diva cup because everyone I've talked yes. to said it changed their life. I've heard pretty great things both, but it's just for the collecting blood. Like it doesn't yeah. help with like effects of the period, right? Oh, I was thinking about like periods in general. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it helps with anything. No, it's yeah. just like it, instead of having a mm. pad or pad tampon, pad. but it's great for the environment and yeah. it's also great economically because you only pay like fifteen dollars once mm-hmm. instead True. of like oh Tampons my gosh, are the so millions that we spend. Yeah. The pink but tax, also, like, ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like if I skip my periods, I would get pregnant and not know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's yeah. definitely for me, like, I'm currently not having sex with someone who could get me pregnant. Yeah. So, like, that's not a concern for me. Mm-hmm. If that were to ever happen, I definitely personally would want to have the comfort of getting my period. Yeah. Um, but, like, that hasn't been a concern for me, so. Wow, it's interesting how we've had, like, so many different experiences talking to our parents, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like, mine, how it, it didn't start until I got into a relationship, how... I feel like it'll continue, at least with my mom, I feel like we'll continue having these conversations maybe more in depth or maybe she'll ask me some questions, hopefully. Yeah. I don't I, know. I'm glad I started having sex at a later age, like mm-hmm. 18, 19, because mm-hmm. I feel like I wouldn't have been able to, I guess, stand up to my parents or be able mm-hmm. to like have confidence in myself if I was like 16 or something and was like, okay, I guess I'll wait until marriage and like be mm-hmm. like uncomfortable with that or something. Well, I'm just thinking of, like, the stuff that I think about now, now that I'm having sex, like, all the concerns and worries. Like, even though I am in a monogamous, like, respectful relationship where I can communicate with him, it's still, like, I have all these thoughts in my head about every time we have sex, I'm worried or, I don't know, it's kind of stressful. So I can't imagine, like, doing that in high school or even younger because mm, yeah. I'd be such a stressed little kid. Yeah. yeah. But I think, um, actually, I had, like, a different experience from Hannah like your parents showed you like fetus and stuff like as a you know like a natural process of yeah. life my parents were very like they never talked about that kind of stuff and I it was like really hard for me to imagine that my parents even like mm. had sex <laughs> themselves even though I know they had to have sex yeah. to conceive me and my sister <laughs> but it's just like it was so strange to me that my parents would like actually have sex but then um I think it was like two weeks ago I found like condoms in my dad's like side table as well. it was so yeah. traumatizing and then i saw his amazon history and he just bought condoms ah! Wait. he put it in the back door 
he got it delivered to the back door and was like oh my gosh they actually have sex right now like that's so it's just so weird your like, parents it, have a healthy sex life right? it changes you i mean he's using protection mm. yeah i mean she, my mom has her tubes tied so oh. or it's cottered or something i don't know what it's called. <laughs> i definitely remember like realizing that my parents have sex and like mm-hmm. at first it was uncomfortable but then like once both my brother and i left the home and like I knew that, like, you know, they were, they had the, mm-hmm. the house to themselves, mm-hmm. you know? They were so happy, and, like, they wouldn't, like, say, we're having great sex. <laughs> but, like, it was, like, I could tell that their relationship was really, like, much closer, mm-hmm. like, because they were able to have, like, more physical intimacy, and, like, mm-hmm. that made me happy for them, mm-hmm. which yeah, yeah. might sound so weird. Like, it's not like I, like, sit there and imagine my parents having sex, but yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so happy that, like, they're able to have that experience, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, I don't know, like, that that's enhancing their lives in that way i don't know i feel like anyone who wants that like deserves that yeah for sure because sometimes it's hard to separate them as your parents from them being like their own individual people yeah totally. yeah. yeah but like i they are their own individual yeah. people and they have like a sex drive too so <laughs> they were like us once <laughs> <laughs> but something you said earlier sally about how your parents never talked to you about that I, that's kind of surprising too because well, i guess they have the religious aspect of it but they are science Scientists. Only my mom is a scientist. Okay, okay your FYI. mom. Wait, your dad works at NASA though. He's an engineer. Science. Okay, isn't that science STEM? Okay, they're okay. both in STEM. Anyways, yeah, they they both have like a more scientific understanding. So yeah, but they're very conservative mm-hmm. in regards to that. So mm-hmm. they actually, when I was little, before like I even before I actually learned about like what happens in sex, I thought people just had like got pregnant when they slept together in a bed. And I was very confused. I was like, <laughs> I how does this happen? Is this like terrifying. hormones? Yeah. You never had the stork story? I never believed no, that. No, no, I never had that's a very like We're, American mm, Yeah. Thing. You know what's a, a very American thing is, I don't know if you guys had this or maybe Hannah did, but like the American Girl book, it was the book, not the Bible, the book. And yes. <laughs> it was like this, this Yes, okay, yes. I feel like that like using about. American Girl dolls. Then, okay, okay. Let me explain. So it was Stop. made by the same company as American Girl dolls. It was the American Girl doll company. It didn't have pictures of dolls. It just had pictures of like, like the body, anatomical sort uh, pictures, like drawings, kind of. And they were very yeah. scientific. And they were about. I remember they had everything from like about pubic hair to like sex to like just growth hormones in general, mm-hmm. and. The reason why I call it the book like that is because um, I went to a Christian um, private school, and so our sex ed was, like, non-existent at that point. So this one girl brought in the book one day, and she snuck it in, and it was all, like, all the girls were like, she has the book. (laughs) So we were all passing it around, and that's the first memory, like, the first thing I remember even, like, hearing about what a uterus is, what is hormones what is sex mm-hmm. it was from this book mm-hmm. and from this day like on i just think of it in that way where it's like the book that really like introduced me to everything like that and so it was thinking about it now it's kind of sad that we had to like secretly pass it around because we weren't getting the sex ed that we needed to because at my school at that time they separated the boys and the girls yeah. i don't know what the boys talked about the girls we just talked about like periods yeah. we're gonna get it here's how to use pads like don't get pregnant that yeah. was our sex ed and but this book was telling us about what's normal like there's a different varieties of pubic hair like everything like that well, and it, it was just like amazing like so that book i will get it for my child can um, you get it for me i will get it for you <laughs> hopefully they're still producing it but that was another element of my sex ed so 
Yeah, I remember yeah. you had to sign like a waiver or something, mm-hmm. or, like your parents had to sign it oh. to take uh, sex ed. Oh, I forgot if this was in middle school or like elementary school or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, Sally, if you remember. But I've never taken sex ed. Oh, I've taken the health health class. Oh, health in class in high, high school, school oh. which kind of talks about Did it. Did you take it in middle really. school? No, no, I never had. It. I thought it was. Oh, well, wait. No, <laughs> Did you no, not no, sign no. the waiver? I don't think I took it. Oh. Or I remember they like brought us to the basement of the no, school. No, character Ed. <laughs> character Ed talked about they scared us with all Syphilis these photos pictures. of yeah. like yeah, STIs. That exact same yeah. thing happened to me, and they like grouped the scary pictures of STIs with also a video of someone's skin falling off, like oh, burning off. Oh no! Oh no! So that's the association that I had in high school was like scary pictures of STIs and people's skin falling off uh. and sex. <laughs> Was that like a specific STI? No, no, oh, that oh. is not not an STI. It was literally your like, skin falling. Off. Like, it was like the, like two different units. Like mm-hmm. one was like injuries and oh. one was like STIs, oh, okay. but they like put them right together. So like that's what Something I remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like a fear tactic. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously though, I don't even think they taught us like that condoms were a thing. Oh my gosh! Like it was just like STIs. I remember like. Okay, the reason why I'm also glad that you're here on this podcast is because, um, like, freshman year when we became roommates, I feel like you were, like, I don't know how to explain this, but I felt way more comfortable talking to you about sex and just in general. We we talked a lot in our room, and so I think that was, like, a new, like, the next step after the book was, like, the next step was, like, being able to talk openly about it and not having to whisper about it or being worried about my mom hearing, like... Mm -hmm like college we're free to talk about this stuff and like we're exploring so like it was really great to have you there yeah, i remember that. i think i taught someone here what a clitoris was freshman year and i, I probably remember, all of us honestly. Yeah, i remember being so excited and also like oh my god like listen up like, <laughs> because like people have clitorises mm-hmm. and they're awesome and it's like such a like important thing to know about your body and it's been so understudied that people don't even understand clitorises to this day like yeah. in science and yeah. that's so weird in my like, sex ed class we heard about like clitoracy which is like this project someone is doing to improve like literacy of like yeah. the clitoris oh yeah so that was really cool i remember i think me and me were talking about it and we were remembering how we went to the sex shop together yes i treasure that memory yes that was so do you remember what year i can't remember if it was freshman or sophomore i think it was sophomore year talk about your experience at the sex shop yes had you been before hannah i don't remember i think i had been once um it's down the road from school school, and it's called comfort zone and Mm -hmm. there's like the top level which is the more like I don't know PG (laughs) sexual things and then like there's the basement which Mm. has like the kinky stuff (laughs) the videos and incense for some reason (laughs) oh I remember that it's like a bookstore like next to it it's a very strange combination but Mm. um I remember it was so fun to go with you all and mm-hmm. like um i think did you get your like your first vibrators there yeah i got a, I, an a yeah a bullet it was really cute yeah that's what's it's so cool cute. about like sex toys now they're like really cute <laughs> you can get some cool things 
things. Um, I have a glass one. It's really pretty. Ooh. Yeah. You know how we were looking at this sex shop? We were like, yeah. this could be like a decoration. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. literally glass dildos can be decorations. <laughs> I firmly believe in that. Oh. That was like the next step after like the yeah. talk. Because yeah. I, I know we had talked about it a bit, but I'd never been to a sex shop before. I don't know if you had, no, Linda. Yeah. So it was like a whole new experience. I was nervous because the guy asked for our ID. Oh my God, yeah. I was like, but the guy was oh so nice God. though. Yeah. He was. He yeah, was. Yeah. But it was just my fear. Like mm-hmm. anytime I go through airport security, I feel like I'm going to be stopped. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. But like going there and then once once we got past that it was like wow yeah. it's like it's a whole new world i still feel kind of uncomfortable sometimes when i walk in mm-hmm. like and i like literally teach people about sex for fun mm-hmm. and i still mm-hmm. like walk in and i'm like i'm not supposed to be here and it's <laughs> like it's crazy how like we're so socialized to, yeah like, it's like taboo yeah uh-huh. and then it's so taboo and that like it's like we're not supposed to like pleasure ourselves when really like that's the fun of life like why not get a vibrator and have some fun like if you want to i'm still like kind of nervous to pull out my tampon in public let alone like talk about yeah. sex toys so like that's, oh that's just like a whole nother level for me yeah. i have a story about well not a tampon about pad so like back in middle school that's when i think middle school is when people started getting their periods yeah. or beginning of middle yeah. school mm-hmm. and like back then boys knew nothing about like mm. periods and yeah. stuff like that so i had my pad in my backpack my outer pocket and i guess it was unzipped so, like, I got off the bus, and then my pad fell out into the ground, oh, and then no. this, like, kid, um, he was, like, kind of my friend, but I don't know, he, we were on the bus together, and he got off, and he saw it, and he was like, ew, what is that? Oh, my gosh. And I was just, like, I could not claim it as my own. I was just walking away. <laughs> just leave it there? Yeah. It was so embarrassing. I remember trying to teach my brother, my little brother, about, like, menstruation mm-hmm. stuff, and he was like, oh, so you just have to wear a diaper every month for <laughs> oh a week. My I'm gosh. like, I guess more than that though yeah see i'm wondering what like when in my school when they separated the boys and the girls like what are they teaching them on the other side because sometimes i feel like like some um guys i've met like they they know they understand they've had sisters maybe or like they understand what happens but like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like uh, even i still get like tripped up but i like the fact that i've been working out at planned parenthood so they have like condoms everywhere dildos everywhere and like every time i go to the bathroom i don't care if i get my period because there's like a whole stack of like tampons and pads honestly in every workplace or every school should Mm -hmm. do that they should have a stock of it was just yeah so it's like a thing now that they've just started in one of the dorms that we used to live in they're like starting to stock the bathrooms with like pads and tampons why not do it in every dorm (laughs) It's a pilot program. Oh they have God. to pilot it. You know how Res so Life really likes to do. you really think it's not going to work out? Res Life likes to pilot everything, okay? Yeah. Uh, but also, they just announced recently, too, that uh, Sweden, Switzerland, one of those countries? <laughs> Scotland. Scotland <laughs> uh, is going to be the first country to um, stock all their public bathrooms, wow. uh, their gas stations, mm-hmm. all of the public restrooms with um, pads and tampons. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this whole thing. I just read about it, actually. So yeah that's so needed especially also like i feel like a lot of people forget about like the prison system and like Mm -hmm. they charge a lot for tampons and pads and like oftentimes people like have to go without them and it's like can you imagine having your period and not having access to some sort of tampon or pad like that's yeah Yeah. um i think that's why like some girls like or people who menstruate like can't go to school or like Mm -hmm. can't work or like without access to birth control you're Mm -hmm. just like stuck giving birth and stuff so all this stuff is super important Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Can you imagine what people were like back in the day when before they invented pads? I what did they do? The rags? I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> probably. Really know. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. It's kinda yeah. 
crazy <laughs> when you think about it like that. But um, okay, moving on. Yeah, I don't know how to transition <laughs> yeah. appropriately, but wow. Right. Let's talk about virginity and how it's a social construct, but also about our first times. Because <laughs> I have, like, a, like, I know that I've been, like, recently learning about how virginity is a social construct and, like, uh, it's this whole thing about a woman and her worth or, like, their first time. But also, I can't help thinking, maybe because of the way I was raised, that your first time is significant and I did put meaning behind it. So it's like hard to like, how do you? I think mm. if you really think about a lot of things, like everything is technically a social construct. That's true. Yeah, like so first like day of I school, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really important to like value everyone's experiences. Mm-hmm. And like, I had a similar feeling, but like, I also think that like, it's a, like, it's okay to like also be more accepting of other people's feelings mm-hmm. about it. Like, you know what I mean? That's true. It's like more just like you can feel however you feel, but like, I agree, you yeah. know, not like making other people feel like their first time has to be a certain way. That's very yeah. true. It's yeah. all about yeah. just focus on you and yourself. Stay <laughs> yeah. in your lane. Yeah. But <laughs> you, know, you mentioned that you were learning about how virginity is a social construct. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain what, like, how virginity is mm. perceived or you what you've been learning about? like how I was raised or what I'm learning like what (laughs) that's whatever okay so I was raised I was also raised in a religious household uh Protestant which is very at least in my household and we don't talk about sex like I said Mm -hmm. but even so to the extent of like my church community and the friends that I had um a girl was taught at a very young age that she was maybe they didn't use the words valued but it was implied that um chastity yeah you need to keep yourself pure Mm-hmm. not have sex or wait until it's the right time wait until marriage because if you do have sex you will be like kind of tarnishing yourself almost or like uh, just like ruining yourself for marriage in a way and they had I, these dumb like visual effects where they would like <laughs> uh, they would have a glass of clear water and then somehow yeah. it would be like stained like they or would the band-aid thing, yeah it's like, like all these little like yeah. Uh, illusions kind of mm-hmm. to show how you're stained after sex so that was a very common thing that I grew up in and yeah so that's kind of what I've been tackling and also the fact that like um I didn't feel like I could talk about sex at all so like going through high school I didn't talk about it with my mom or like even with you guys I feel like with my friends it was just very like a, a closed off thing and so I feel like I put a lot of like value and pressure behind even my first kiss mm-hmm. which yeah. happened in college and so for me, I was like, okay, I'm not going to kiss someone until, like, I know they're the one. Okay, then I'm not going to kiss the one. <laughs> we all know I didn't. <laughs> but I'm not going to kiss someone until, like, they mean a lot. And then eventually that, like, it kept snowballing into, like, sex and, like, you know, who you have sex with. It's an important choice. And even now, I still feel like that. Like, I did want to wait until I found the right person. So that whole thing. And mm. then, Vir- yeah, the we talked about Virginia as a social construct, but... I guess maybe you guys, or maybe Sally too, especially with her religious upbringing. I have, even though I'm also like re- my parents were also or family also also religious, um, I had a slightly different experience, mm-hmm. I guess, from you at church and like at home. Um, we not didn't really view virginity as like being pure and so, well, yeah, of course it's purity, but like having sex isn't something unclean to us. It's like you should save sex for someone that you truly like want to mm-hmm. like dedicate your whole life to and that's what make that will make it more special mm-hmm. and like 
I guess I kind of buy into that. Like, mm-hmm. I do agree. Like, if you do wait till marriage and, like, your first time with that person, if you know for sure they're the one, it, like, might make the experience more meaningful. Mm-hmm. You, and it might, like, be better for your relationship because I have heard, like, people in my church have shared, like, their experiences and how, like, waiting till marriage really helped them build themselves up and build, like, their relationship up first. And mm-hmm. so I think it just depends on the person and what they believe in and their values. Was yeah. that message told to, like, to everyone, basically? Not separated based on, like, gender? Because or... yeah. I think that's an interesting difference. Yeah. I've never really been separated by gender mm-hmm. in any of my, like, school or church experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that story, so it was, like, a older couple. I think at the time I was in high school and we were in, like, Sunday school. So it was co-ed, girls and boys there. Um, the couple that shared their story with us was probably like 20 or 30 years older than us, but they're still like relatively young mm-hmm. and they were just telling us like how, like why they decided to wait mm-hmm. until marriage and why it's mm-hmm. like, why they value it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a, like a, a fair message to, yeah. especially if that's your beliefs to value that. I just have a problem with it being separated based on like your gender, like saying that like girls especially should be pure that yeah that's no. still to me is like a really hard thing for my for church to it was with. like for all genders mm. you should just wait for them to yeah. marriage but it's also like the virginity thing as ming said is like ascribed to girls more it's very like heteronormative mm. i feel like because like ascribing virginity to girls as like a value i think there's this other thing is like if a girl's like too good at sex then mm. it's like you're not you're like unvirginal or you're just like sleeping around which is like has like a negative connotation so i feel like that kind of equates to society we live in a society (laughs) like valuing women having sex to be like very passive Mm -hmm. so i think before i was like struggling with like internalized like misogyny so that's why i was trying to rebel against the virginity thing and i was like oh i don't care about virginity i just want to like like get it over with or whatever mm. so she was always saying that I would get, just it over get it over with. with yeah i think that is kind of harmful because as sally said there's value in wanting your your time to be special and having a good time too so mm-hmm. it's like two extremes mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. i have a lot of thoughts so oh, yeah. go yeah. on yeah. go on no, share because like i definitely think like we all have been saying it's definitely like up to an individual i think that um okay so marriage is like very much based in like like capitalism and so it's the marriage idea is a social yeah, also, <laughs> yeah basically like i i think that like marriage well has not always been something that's been accessible for everyone so it mm-hmm. hasn't been mm-hmm. always accessible for people of color for interracial marriages for um non-heterosexual people um and even though now it is i feel like marriage still like can represent that mm-hmm. um and so i don't necessarily think yeah, that's how I feel about marriage. I don't know. But I still think marriage is, like, if it's important to you, like, that's awesome. And, like, I don't know how I feel about my personalness. Mm. But um, mm-hmm. that's just one thought. But then other thoughts are, like, I think that um, as a public health issue, painting virginity as just, like, a penis and a vagina um, can be problematic. Well, one, because it's heteronormative, um, mm-hmm. so it's not considering like other people who might not be having sex with someone with a penis might not be having sex with someone with a vagina etc um but also that like there's this conception that things like oral sex or Mm. anal sex Mm. don't count as sex um 
which I think is completely valid. Like, however you view virginity is okay. But I think the problem comes in where people um, think that because they're quote unquote not having sex, that they can't contract STIs Mm. or that they're not like that they shouldn't worry about their sexual health. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think like, you know, however you view virginity, if you are engaging in sexual acts that include kissing, oral sex, anal sex, it's important to realize that like risks do come with that. And Mm -hmm. like all STIs can come from those types of acts. So like, even if you don't count it as a sex, like it's still important to think about protection, to think about, consent to think about all these things that we traditionally just apply to penis and vagina mm. losing virginity sex mm-hmm. um yeah those are my thoughts right now but yes. like I definitely want to like reiterate that mm-hmm. I respect how everyone feels yeah. about their own yeah. personal mm-hmm. things and I felt the same about losing my virginity like I mm-hmm. wanted it to be special oh that's another thing like <laughs> I think if we build up virginity so much it can be harmful if like your first time isn't the best time Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. if it's like actually just normal because you know sex can be awkward and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it might hurt and you might not fully know how to communicate with a partner yet because you've never done it before Mm -hmm. and I think like you know you can hold those both those of those things to be true like it can be special and it can also be awkward Mm -hmm. but I think painting it as some like perfect thing mm-hmm. that like yeah. you're gonna look like the hollywood movies and everything's gonna <laughs> fall into place yeah. like mm-hmm. it's kind of like just, weddings yeah, yeah. it's it, that's not like necessarily the reality for everyone mm-hmm. and i think it also ignores people who might also be struggling with having experienced sexual assault and maybe mm-hmm. their first time was being sexually assaulted and mm-hmm. like their virginity is maybe to some people quote-unquote technically gone but like that's not how they feel or that's Mm. not you know and so it's just I think it's important to like consider that people have a broad range of experiences and that like all of those experiences and feelings are like valid and okay Mm -hmm. yeah sorry for that little monologue no no that was good (laughs) because you brought up a good point Mm -hmm. of a public health perspective yeah that I think doesn't get talked about enough and I think what you were what you were um kind of saying about like virginity that label can be limiting in so many different ways mm-hmm. that we don't even think about yeah. especially when it comes to like uh like your sexual STI. health and yeah. protecting yourself so like that's, oh yeah like, we have our the public health thing people say like oh it's going to hurt your first time and like that just like normalizes that one's yeah. like that shouldn't be okay or mm-hmm. sometimes like it's just something that happens but you should address it mm-hmm. still yeah. and, and like the hymen thing oh, is like, yeah, like yeah, that bleed or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like such a myth that yeah. if you just like ascribe so much meaning to yeah. so i like that idea yeah there's definitely been a historical connection of an intact hymen to virginity which is just plainly not real mm-hmm. like um yeah. so what is the hymen yeah so the hymen is like a little bit of um tissue, tissue that kind of can either fully cover your vaginal opening halfway with holes like all hymens look different it's just like vulvas all vulvas Mm -hmm. look different all hymens look different um but the hymen can actually break when you're riding a horse or Mm -hmm. when you put a tampon in or if you maybe like finger yourself when you're a kid and you like are just trying to figure out what's down there like Mm -hmm. you know or you do anything that you know can bump too hard and just it can break and so like in in the past in history like people have literally have 
had to go through like hymen inspections mm-hmm. to make sure they could be married because mm-hmm. they have to be a virgin and people used to have things and I think it still happens hymen reconstruction mm-hmm. in order to make it appear as though you're a virgin when really you could have just put a tampon in mm-hmm. like you know and yeah. that's all um so that's another thing that's like traditionally tied to virginity that is kind of just a myth as well I remember like specifically I was reading when I was younger before I even thought about having sex I was reading like this historical kind of non well it was fiction and it was talking about how this girl is like a princess or whatever and then um after her first night with her betrothed or whatever they like (laughs) they they checked the sheets to yep. see if there was blood, uh, yeah. and if there was blood, that means that oh, they had sex. She was a virgin, and now her. Oh, that was broken. in Game of Thrones. Uh, maybe okay. <laughs> I was Probably. thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about a book, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's in a lot of those like historical mm-hmm. things because that's something that still happens and did happen. And so I remember like from that going into even when I had sex as a college student, mm-hmm. I was the next day I was like, okay, so um, is there gonna be blood or anything yeah. like that? Is it mm-hmm. gonna Am I going to feel the hymen break? And, like, honestly, when you were saying how it can be special and awkward, I was like, that that was my yeah. experience right there. It yeah, was I special and hella awkward. It <laughs> was so awkward. So, yeah, it's, like, completely, I don't know, not what I expected. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think yeah. after I, like, okay, also, like, the losing your routine, like, the losing part, I don't mm. know how to, like, rephrase it. Yeah. But when I had sex for the first time, after I was, like, is there something different about me? Like, do you <laughs> notice that I've had sex or something? Yeah. So it, it just, like, changes your your mm-hmm. mind. I can definitely speak from, like, I guess, a perspective of a person who has yet to have sex with a man with a penis, or a person with a penis. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've only had sex with people who, at the time, identified as women and had um, vaginas. And, like, I, for a long time, was like, am I just going to be a virgin forever? Mm-hmm. Like, because... According to a lot of people, I haven't had sex. Mm -hmm. And, like, it took me a while to figure out, like, when was my first time? Because, like, you know, is it when I go down on someone or when someone else goes down on me? Do we both have to do it? Mm -hmm. Like, what's Mm. involved? Fingers, mouths, on where, with what? (laughs) Like, and, like, I still feel like, you know, I'm not entirely sure I can, like, you know, mark a change in myself, uh, like a mm. drastic change. I feel mm-hmm. like it's like, you know, something that happened and then I've gotten like more experience and also can totally relate to the both awkward and special, but at the same time, just like normal. And mm-hmm. like, it seemed like a natural progression, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. I definitely built up as a kid a lot around kissing, mm-hmm. a lot around sex. Remember my first kiss was awful oh my gosh like he stuck his tongue all the way down my throat oh no and i was like is this how it's supposed to be Mm. you know Mm. and i think it's like so important for people to like talk about it to realize like sex doesn't have to be like uncomfortable all the Mm. time and it should be like a process of communicating if there Mm -hmm. is uncomfort or discomfort or pain like why is that should we get lube is it because Mm. we're doing something that you don't like you know like just kind of like talking about the fact that it can be you know, just not, like, some magical fairy ride. Yeah. But it can be, too, you know? Yeah, so maybe... Okay, I, I don't know about if you guys are comfortable with this, but I'm, is it okay if I talk about maybe... Your first time? first time? Because I feel like um, it was, like, not what I was expecting at all, but it wasn't thing. also a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was, like, we had talked about it for a while, so we, we knew we were ready for it, and then when it happened, it was severely underwhelming. Like... <laughs> So, like yeah. while it was happening we were both like 
Mm-mm. Wait, I remember mm. you talking about Okay, okay, so, um, yeah, okay. Like, while it was happening, we were both, like, acknowledging that, like, we had built it up in our minds individually, I guess, and we had we had done what was supposed to be quote-unquote right. We had talked about it, we communicated, we'd gotten lube, we'd, like, made sure we had all the condoms, we were ready, prepared, <laughs> and then while it was happening, it was just, like, First of all, it was hard to even, like, figure it out, like, the actual, like, the mechanics, mechanics yeah, of it, yeah. of, like, I don't even know what's happening for myself going on down there because I was never taught. Where are the holes? Yeah, that it was okay to explore. <laughs> Which holes? Yeah, exactly. What yeah. Yeah. I was never taught that it was okay to explore my own body, so, like, having someone else try to do that, I was like, oh, I should have done this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Wait, when was the first time, sorry, going off topic, mm-hmm. you, you saw your own vagina? Like, saw it? Yeah, saw it. Um, I think it was in high school. Where? Did you get a picture? So, Oh, no. Oh. No. No, like, that's how I, like, saw it. Oh. Yeah, I took a picture. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that where someone actually told me that, like, if you haven't seen your vagina yet, then you're a child. Oh, or wow. something. Yeah. It was kind of like right. the... So shame you into, yeah. like, Yeah, it was kind yeah. of, like, a shameful, yeah. like, you should know about your body. So, like, I was like, I don't know about my body. So <laughs> I went home and, like, I did the thing. I actually Googled it and they were like, you put your leg up on the, uh, the tub mm. or the toilet and, like, you hold a mirror. Mm. Oh. And so that's how I first saw it. Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything. I was just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I took the picture, like, for the first time, the flash was on, and I oh was like, <laughs> I was like, what is this? And then I looked at it with a mirror, and it was much better. Yeah, the yeah. mirror is the way. I definitely yeah. recommend mirror. I also definitely recommend masturbation, because, yeah. like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, like, don't think about mm-hmm. it, maybe, or just haven't, like, experienced themselves, and that's, like, a whole part of sex, too, is, like, sex with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a thing, like, mutual masturbation. Yeah, that's I one love of the mutual safest, <laughs> one of, if, you're, if you're afraid of, like, anything, like, pregnancy or STIs or anything, try mm. mutual masturbation, and then go from there. See what your partner likes doing to themselves and, like, thinking mm. about mm-hmm. if you could do it to them, or, like, you know, just, yeah. like, you know how to get yourself off the most, so mm-hmm. why not do it? And also, sometimes sex isn't about, like, the sexual aspect. Sometimes, for me, it's, like, the skin-to-skin yeah. thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. The Skin oxytocin hunger. flowing. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. I think almost, like, currently now, I've had sex, like, like whatever, several times over my partnership or whatever. And okay, so I feel like that's the best part is, like, not even, like, any of, I, I don't know, the, the, the extra stuff. It's mm-hmm. just literally just, like, having that, like, yeah. contact. You can cuddle mm-hmm. after. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I definitely think something people also forget about sex is, like, foreplay. Mm. So, especially mm. when it's your first time, you might think you just have to, like, stick it in and, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, once you start having sex more, you're like, oh, so you, like, take this time to, like, you know, do other stuff first or or just do the other stuff, like, and mm-hmm. not actually have, you know, mm-hmm. P&B sex or whatever, you know? It's, mm-hmm. like, it's a cool thing when you realize that, like, being sexual is more than genitals mm-hmm. like it is skin it can be emotions it can be um foreplay light touch yeah ice cubes <laughs> you know tying each other up whatever mm-hmm. talking dirty to each other cuddling like it can be a lot of things and i think that's super cool i feel like yeah. if i was taught that at a younger age that would have like helped ease the pressure mm-hmm. that I put on myself that like sex is not just this one act of a penis going into a vagina yeah. it's like so many different things and like yeah that would have really helped to be yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> instead of building it up into mm-hmm. one thing it has to happen perfectly this time yeah yeah also going along with Ming- what Ming said I used to think sex was supposed to be like this, this sultry like sensual <laughs> thing yeah. and like 
sometimes it's not like sometimes it's more fun to just like take it easy and there's yeah. like lots of awkward moments that happen it's like mm-hmm. wait like farting over, yeah. like just your hair is in my mouth yeah, like yeah. all this different stuff but you're just like having fun either with yourself with a partner yeah. partners yeah. whatever yeah i like i think i like laughing more than trying to be sexy i can't be sexy yeah. no matter how I hard how i try the, movie, the movies are not an accurate depiction yeah. of yeah. sense mm-hmm. no definitely yeah. also like how are you supposed to moan and oh like, my I remember being, like so self-conscious mm-hmm. after like watching porn and stuff yeah i think me and hannah looked up like feminist porn yeah one time yeah. yeah yeah porn's a good topic we could talk about because again that's another thing that was like not allowed or not mm, talked true. about so but you guys are talking about sound, like really scary it makes like a penis look really scary oh. it's like this like huge rod uh. <laughs> yeah i remember a t- i i read a lot when i was a kid so again another one of the situations where i was reading a book and it was like I was too young to be reading it, I feel like, because it was about how this guy was, like, sexing this girl, and the guy, as the way that the author described it as, like, this throbbing, like, oh, yeah, huge, veiny, yeah. and I was like, uh, excuse bulge. me, oh. I never want to see a penis in my life, <laughs> so, like, porn, I can't even imagine, like, I was like, if I can't even read a book and, like, face it, I don't know how I'm gonna, like, watch face porn. <laughs> So I actually never did until freshman year. Remember that one time that Jesse came over with the. Oh, it's uh, always Jesse. It's always Jesse, <laughs> and you like pulled up Pornhub on my laptop, and I was like, okay, so we're doing this. Alright. And then it was like panda porn. Or something. Ew. I remember there was a video of the guy trying to stick his head in. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I think I remember. That. Yeah. I definitely have mixed feelings about porn. Like, I feel like I was weird. Like, I grew up. I just wanted to read about sex. Mm. Like, I just wanted to learn as much as possible. And, like, I so I read a lot and, like, read a lot of erotic things. And then when I tried watching it, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, sometimes Mm. it goes better in my head. Yeah, Uh, I agree with Hannah. Yeah, but, like, I definitely, like, think it's perfectly fine to watch porn and everything. But, like, I have personal struggles with, like, the ethics of porn, mm-hmm. like, in terms of are the people paid well? Are they in consensual situations? Mm-hmm. Like, um, should I be paying for my porn? Like, mm-hmm. I have all of these thoughts. And yeah. so sometimes it's easier for me personally to, like, imagine a scenario or read about a scenario in which, like, I can just have my own personal journey and don't have to, like, <laughs> like worry that, like, mm-hmm. someone's in a situation that they don't want to be in, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. That's just, like, hentai is the only ethical (laughs) form of porn, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I still think, like, porn can be really cool. I think the problem is when people think that's how sex should be and the only way it should be. Mm. And and if that's where people get their education. um, Yeah, that's a whole other story. Porn is not sex ed. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. In no way she... Yeah. Yeah. Growing along with what Hannah said, I think now that I'm more into, like, independent media and stuff, I've been looking at, like, erotica made by people who mm-hmm. are who are queer trans yeah. disabled uh stuff like that so you really see a variety and also reading about porn too um i think for a lot of like fan fictions have like a sexual aspect so that was another thing and i remember okay this story was so impactful to me because i like um i guess thinking about how your fantasies connect to your identity and mm-hmm. also connect to larger structures of like embodiment like disembodiment Mm -hmm. because even when you're reading things i feel like i like that more because i can imagine it better in my head like how hannah was saying whereas in porn something is just like these bodies don't like 
appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, they I don't, don't relate. Me. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. relate to that. That's not what my yeah. body looks like. Yeah. But I was reading a story about, like, a feeding kink. Mm-hmm. And so it was, like, these two guys, but their feeding kink was making one of them, like, fat. So they also had to deal with, like, fat phobia mm-hmm. and how that plays into their relationship and how their relationship with other people in the world. So I was like, this really, in like, exemplifies how like sex existing in our imagination should be if that makes sense that that definitely really resonates with me and i feel like um also bringing another aspect into it like for me like since i have just been having sex with people who have vaginas like i was i was like well maybe i should watch porn with like two women identifying people and then you realize the way it's filmed it's not it's not necessarily meant for a woman identified mm, oh. person who mm. likes other women. It's generally the porn is filmed as something that's er- like erotic for straight men. Mm-hmm. And mm. you realize like, oh, that's not really how it goes down. Yeah. Like, you know, that's not meant for me. That's not meant to be consumed by me. It feels more like fetishy than like mm-hmm. it feels um like sexy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And also, yeah, I really like your comments about like disability and everything because like that's something that I have to take in consideration with my ex-partner. Like we both have like physical limitations and mental limitations and so like taking that into account like oh my gosh, your back's spazzing out, like let's stop. Like mm-hmm. you know, oh your hip popped out, like we can't keep having sex, like you literally have to like put your hip back in its socket, yeah, yeah. you know? Like you just have to like navigate those kind of things and those aren't like really represented in like at all yeah but also porn is like like hannah said not realistic it's like suddenly they're kissing and suddenly they're making you know like the flash cuts that people do yeah and they don't show like how to put the condom on or like getting to position being like oh we like scoot over or like i'm falling off the edge i think that (laughs) (laughs) the communication and the consent part of sex that's so Mm -hmm. important you know like does that feel good like yeah can I do this to you? Like, that's mm. not even... Oh, wait, I drew a comic for yes, you guys, for the Health did. Center. Yes. Yeah, which I was kind of nervous about because it was, like, soft erotica. I love it. <laughs> it's but, yeah. one of our favorite pages. Really? Yes. But it's about, like, harm reduction mm-hmm. during sex. Like, I think it was addressing mostly, like, STD prevention, but talking about, like, putting on a, a condom or, like, doing barrier methods for that, like, during sex. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, since Ming and Hannah both work in educating about, like, uh, sexual health, Ming works at Planned Parenthood, and Hannah works at the health center um, as a peer educator. Do you guys have any thoughts about, like, common misconceptions or any stories about people who aren't Mm -hmm. well-educated? I will just say that my work at Planned Parenthood is more on the, like, administrative end. So I do more of the uh, marketing and communications type stuff. So I don't interact... I've only interacted once or twice with actual um, patients or um, at outreach events. So it's mostly just I put together the communication materials that do that are used for educational programs. And from there, like I've just been educating myself, honestly, like I've learned a lot about specifically different like birth control methods and the variety that just Planned Parenthood alone offers. So I don't know if I can speak really to how other people are being educated but mostly about just myself I've Mm -hmm. honestly just learned a lot from it but 
Yeah, I guess Hannah can speak more on like people to people interaction. Yeah, so that's so cool that you get to be involved in that. And I applaud you because <laughs> without you, then people wouldn't be getting education. So okay. um, I feel like I like I work pretty closely with like students. I do a lot of tabling. I do a lot of um, presentations. Um, I've heard a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> I think like one of the big things is like, stigma around STIs Mm -hmm. and um I just wanted to like throw some cool stats out there um (laughs) because it's crazy how common STIs are and how shamed they are and how we are so afraid of them when really like one in two people have oral herpes one in five have genital herpes and 90% of those people don't even know Mm. that they have herpes Mm -hmm. most of the times you get it and you get cured of it before you even know or something so with uh with herpes um it's a viral infection, so you live with it yeah. your whole life. But a lot of times the symptoms are so minor or you don't have symptoms at all mm-hmm. that you just don't know that you have an STI. And the most common um, symptom of an STI is no symptoms at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to get screened every six months or between um, partners because oftentimes you just don't know because you don't have symptoms. Um, but I think that like people don't realize how common it is mm-hmm. and how normal it is because it's just a part of life if you're sexually active then one of the risks is getting STIs just like if you go around in the library you there's a risk of having a cold because you're around other people mm-hmm. like you know it's just one of those yeah. things um so I think it's kind of nice for people to know that they're not alone and that all STIs are treatable um not all of them are curable but there are treatments for everything. So you aren't alone and you have resources like Planned Parenthood and the health center to help you with that. Um, another, the one last big one I'll just mention is like misconceptions around consent. Um, like I had a conversation with one girl who at the time I was a junior and she was a senior and she thought that once she took her clothes off, she couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. And she thought that, you know, once you you know said yes that like you Mm -hmm. couldn't take that back and I Mm -hmm. think that like it's really important for people to know that consent can always be withdrawn and that consent should be enthusiastic and it should be continuous and it should be something that is constantly like talked about and communicated about whether that's through body language or in speaking um and so I think it's super important for people to know that um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are both good, really good points, because especially um, at the stage of our lives as college students, I think it's kind of more pertinent, I guess, to this population, I would say, or I've heard more about it just being an RA in general, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Like being an RA, it's you sometimes you have to deal with those situations or even something like telling my residents about one of your health center events like STI mm-hmm. testing. It's like they don't want to talk about it or you're awkward telling them and it's yeah. just there's so much shame around it that i feel like that that's one of the biggest hurdles yeah. i feel like just just talking about it because it's a huge hurdle i'm like even amongst ourselves like when we were talking about like getting a test just because we just wanted to be have that peace of mind it's like I remember when we were talking about it as friends, it was awkward, kind of just like, oh, will you go? Or like, I'll go if you go, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's so important yeah. to do, especially if you like have a consistent partner, like to just be like, hey, let's go get tested together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and like mm-hmm. you can make it into something, even if it's awkward, like it's still like 
you know, it's it's just like any other sort of health. Like mm-hmm. you go to the doctor, you get a checkup, you go and get screened for STIs. Like mm-hmm. it's just like that's how it should be, mm-hmm. although it's not mm-hmm. in society. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a really cool goal to work towards for something to be treated just like any other sort of health. Wait, also mm-hmm. like not only one person needs to go, like you both mm-hmm. should go, right? Yes, that is yeah. very important. So just because you have not tested positive for any STIs does not mean that your partner hasn't tested positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're having like a consistent um, partner, then like they can just give it to you and then you can give it to them and then they can give it to you and it can just Mm -hmm. keep going back and forth. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for both of you to get tested. And um, another big thing about STI testing is like there's a window period. So if you have sex or have a sexual sexual contact with someone, um, don't like go and get tested the next day, like wait a week or two because it's not going to show up on your test. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're actually like being able to detect your STIs instead of thinking that you don't have one and then continuing to have sex without protection. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hannah, you are just like <laughs> spilling all the knowledge <laughs> right <awesome>. now. <laughs> I can see now why you're the peer leader or health leader <laughs> for um, our on-campus org. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank we you. we thank haven't you. talked thank in such you. a long time, so this was definitely needed. Uh, you definitely like shared all of your wisdom, and we learned so much about each other, about our own experiences, about mm-hmm. how we can even our experience can't even begin to like explain others or talk about others. So uh, thank you so much for all you brought thank today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and um, anytime. <laughs> why don't we talk about? You said sex week is coming up or soon to be eventually. Yes, so do you want to talk about that? is a week in april (laughs) um the week of april 13th we're gonna be having a lot of fun events including free sdi testing a condom fashion show a kinky sex podcast release so yeah we didn't touch on that (laughs) come learn about kink if you want to learn more um yeah so there's gonna be a lot of cool events and i would love to see you all there yay If you like this episode, follow us on Instagram at movingulongpod and make sure to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow Hannah too at Hannah underscore Tralk. T-R-A-L-K. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah, do you want to? Yeah, and follow uh, UMD Sex Week on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions or comments about this episode, feel free to DM us or email us at movingalong at gmail.com. And until next time. Bye. bye.